0: Welcome to Passing Places, the podcast all about my personal ongoing journey, wandering around the most spectacular country that I know, which is my own backyard, Scotland. Before we go any further, I'd like to personally thank you yet again for taking your time to drop in to the conversation. Now, did you get a chance to review episode one? I mean, I'm probably overcritical. And if you're here, you're thick-skinned. Because looking back at the first episode, I tried to keep it brief, but I was so conscious afterwards about how serious, how sober I sounded. And I was also worried about the audio quality, about the little recording we did on Loch side. I'm encouraged, however, that that was week one. This is now week two and a half. And I've already mastered to some extent the audio recorder, the mixer, the software. And I think the audio quality is going to be pretty good overall. I've got some windshields for the external recorder. And what I need to do is, well, two things spring to mind. One is try and get over a bit more of my excitement about the topic and bring in lots of people to discuss what it's all about and share. And that's where you come in. Said it in episode one. I would so desperately love some feedback whether it's questions, whether it's uh, information or advice, or criticism, if it's positive. So let's take that forward. Episode 2 suffers a little bit again because it was it was uh, recorded at the same time as Loch Lomond, the day after, and I was struggling with the audio settings. So uh, you're going to have to... I've tried to tweak it in the mixer, but the difference between what you're hearing now... And what you hear in the van, or what you hear outside. I'm sure we can go over that in the coming weeks. But it does give you a little bit of a sense of what it's like to spend a night in a dark way by, on your own, albeit with a, maybe a two-thirds, not full moon, but what's a two-thirds of a full moon? Two-third moon in the sky. But even I get a little bit disconcerted sometimes, because you step out and, The dark and there's nobody there. But wow, it is brilliant to be out there on your own because the stars are out, the rest of the world is doing other things and inside the van you've got the comfort zone of your gas fire and all these other things. So I'm hoping I'm going to be able to give you a little bit of that experience and whether I do or not, don't worry, because it's only episode two. There's going to be so many times that we can get into the whole sense of what it's like to be out and about in Scotland and it's not about being a hermit. We're going to meet lots of people, we're going to record lots of different situations and we're going to involve a process of getting a whole community together. And before I ramble any further, let's take you into that particular two nights. We're talking mid-February in Scotland in a little part of the country where apart from the local village in Loch Ern and at the other end St Fillens, there's very little reason why MD would got up and down apart from maybe well, you know the truck that takes the Amazon orders throughout the UK, but it's a quiet road anyway, and I'm sitting down the lockside, fifty yards further down. I say nothing's moving, everything's moving. There's wildlife, there's but life, the waves, the weather, so I'll just let you hear what I was recording during that two nights I've cut it back as far as I can and remember, if you're in a lay-by on a dark night one of the things that you, well I do I turn to some alcohol now, it wasn't a drunken night I had a few drinks and I had my camera and I was outside taking photographs of the night sky so, let's have a wee look at how we can best cut the audio from that evening and the second evening. Join me in my little motorhome In a dark lay-by In Perthshire, Scotland Now before we go any further I just want you to have a little little listen to this sound for a second That's an up-close, personal sound of my gas fire It's not really a sound that you notice as such, but when I'm sitting quite late at night it's a reassuring sound because it's minus two degrees outside and if that gas bottle runs out and that fire goes off then I'm not quite finished but it's definitely double duvet time and a quick exit in the morning I do carry a spare gas bottle but uh, that'll be next to useless because it's empty <laughs> so I need to get myself organized I just picked my van up from storage two or three days ago. Uh, First time out this year. I can't believe I've left the van for three months over the winter. I was full of plans to travel around in the winter, but various things got in the way. And the weather has been pretty grim in terms of just, you know, that horrible Scottish wet, cloudy, windy days dark at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so things are perking up now. We're in middle of February and it's daylight about 7 in the morning and it's dark just after 6 and the days are getting longer every day, so anyway, the van is a well, I bought it in September October time, I think it's a 12, 13 year old Swift motorhome eh, not one of these really big vans, it's about just under 6 metres long there's a mid lounge area rear fitted kitchen and bathroom area and overhead bed above the cab which uh, is really only good for kids, I can't imagine an adult want to sleep up there or certainly my age anyway given the need to go to the loo in the middle of the night, I don't fancy sleeping up there but the lounge area converts in various ways, as a Single long-seater bench couch, which comes out almost to a double bed. And the dining area converts into a double bed. You can even join them all up and create one super king-size bed. Uh, I don't have any friends that would appreciate that, so I don't need that. But I certainly find the van much, much more comfortable than the van I had before this. I think it was in April or May of last year I on an impulse I was away hill walking with a friend and we started talking about camper vans. And I went off and bought a Mazda Bongo. And from the day I bought it, I think I was only home on three or four occasions over a four or five month period. And that included going round Scotland numerous times, but also I went over to France and went through Italy and Germany and Switzerland and Spent over a month in mainland Europe. But the lesson of that story was the bongo was just far too small. It was a good laugh. I took a a pal of mine to Europe with me. But it was just not practical for two guys. Um, So this is a step up. It's not your £100,000 luxury motorhome. But it does me in terms of... It has all the things I need. I've got the gas can run the fire... Uh, cooker is gas, I've got an oven grill, hob I've got uh, hot water through the gas and I've got uh, a gas fridge as well and the leisure battery will power the, the lighting and if I'm on a site obviously I can hook up the electric and run the fridge off the electric and run all my, I've got a little television and I've got my laptop my iPad, my gadgets so it works really well It's uh, half past six in the morning. I think it's a Tuesday. Tuesday the 19th of February and I've enjoyed a good night's sleep in the van. I've got the fire on. Dog is lying by the fire. The kettle's on. That's the noise in the background, the gas kettle. And I've just witnessed a fantastic sunrise on the lock side. I've uh, uploaded a little photograph to Facebook. ...from my iPhone. And we're just about to have breakfast. Aren't we Skid? Today, I'm going to take the van back and return to civilization for a couple of days. Before we plan, well we don't plan, but before the next trip which hopefully is going to be for maybe at least three or four days, maybe? A week? What do you think Skid? A week? And we'll get further afield, hopefully up into the highlands. I was up a few times during the night just to see if I could see the northern lights, but there was no, nothing doing. But uh, 2013 is the, the year for the northern lights. Uh, we're just approaching solar maximum, and there's so much activity on the, the sun that if you're ever going to see the northern lights, this year is the time to see them in Scotland. So that's the challenge. Hopefully in one of these recordings I'll be watching the Northern Lights as we speak. We'll just have to wait and see and take the opportunity when it arises. Ideally we need to be much farther north, get right, right up in the north coast. There's a number of places around Tongue, the Kyle of Tongue, and Durness, and Loch Erebol, Betty Hill up in that north coast where I've seen the Northern Lights a few times. So I think that's what we need to do is head up there. And obviously you need a clear sky. Last night the the moon um, was too bright for the stars, but about five o'clock when I was outside there, the moon had um, set and the stars were fantastic. Not the best I've seen, but uh, still very, very good in comparison to anything I've seen in recent weeks. Couldn't quite see the Milky Way, but it was heading that way. So we're going to have a cup of tea, take the dog out, And then we'll have a leisurely morning breakfast, and we'll take the van back down the road at lunchtime. And I've got various things to do over the next 24 hours before I can contemplate heading off. Now I did forget to mention my little app on my iPhone for getting the birds to come along. Now, just give me a second till I pull this up. I'm assuming this is absolutely P&C because it's bird watchers that put these apps together. But it's a little app for the iPhone which mimics song, or it's a recording of Birdsong. And the most amazing thing is you can type in, well I usually robin for this time in the morning. And just let me find the robin on the menu. You're getting excited, Skid, aren't you? Because you know what's going to happen now. Robin (laughs) No, you behave Here we go Now that's the Robin Turn the volume up Switch that off briefly And almost in on cue, within usually 30 seconds or so, the robin will turn up outside the van because robins are quite territorial. But uh, yesterday the robin was here in no time at all. Play it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here he comes. <laughs> There's a the little robin out there. No, Shh, that's enough. No. Lie down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Good boy. So that's the little lap for the iPhone. Uh, if you're out and you can... Any type of bird that uh, you recognise, or even if you don't recognise, play one of the the songs and the, the birds will sing back to you. Uh, I was talking to chaffinches last night, weren't we? And blue tits and great tits. Do you think we're going a bit bonkers? Skid? Yeah. I think we've been too long on our own, mm-hmm. three days away, yeah, so you, you like that bird song, up, don't you, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it's finished now, yeah. put it away, so stop sounding, so this is the nearest skid gets to conversation, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're just a puppy, mm-hmm it's good fun isn't it right that's enough sit down sit sit down good boy kettle just a bit boiled, tea bag is in the cup, which is a the wrong way to have tea, I've got a teapot but I'm just being super lazy this morning, and uh, there's a quick cup of tea, we'll have a proper pot of tea later on, and as far as I can see on Twitter my weather feed says that it's going to be another quite pleasant day, so we can't complain. Let's just put this kettle off before it whistles too loudly. Ducks out there, Skid, if you fancy breakfast. Hmm. Some ducks out there. You can hear the ducks and the blocks out there. The last time I was here I think was in September time, and I spent an hour or so watching a red squirrel in the trees just beside the van. Now it's mid-February now and I did quite a bit of uh, breeding up on red squirrels but if I'm honest I've forgotten quite a lot of it so I don't know what red squirrels do in February Lanzarote if they're sensible but I wonder if they're holed up in their little nest in February or whether they're already beginning to come out and have a wander around so it's a good time in terms of there's no leaves in the trees but I don't see any sign of them the good thing about taking your time is if you spend enough time in a certain spot wildlife will come to you. People wander through the woods making a tremendous racket they wonder why they see very little if you take your time and have the patience to sit down for half an hour in my local woods I sat down for an hour and I got uh, photographs of a fox a roe deer and a number of photographs of red squirrels. just because I sat quietly for an hour and waited for them to come out, so there's a little tip if you've got time in your hands is slow down and stop and listen that's the local rush hour started three or four cars heading off to work and school and all the normal routines that people have to abide by most of their life thankfully I don't have to bother with these things now I'm just really interested how this recorder works outdoors because the idea is to try and bring the situation to life somewhat with some audio I've got it on a mono setting it actually records in CD quality stereo but I need to read up on the technology to see how best to record on the basis that the podcast will end up being mono So I'm trying a low quality setting just now I'll have a listen on the headphones when I get back home so you might never get to hear this clip. I'll just be quiet for a second. You can listen to the the birds. Bonnie spot some ducks down here by the lockside so I just played a little mallard tune on my app and see if I can get them to respond. Then the car tyres was the answer to that one. Now, isn't that funny? I'm just reviewing the episode here to finalise the audio mix. And I'm looking at the first section and it mentions alcohol. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute. I was the guy that was there for two nights. And alcohol was involved in the first evening. And I was outside for three or four hours. I think about uh, 2, 3 in the morning before I went to bed. And there's a couple of reasons. It was the third night in the trot where we had a brilliant clear sky. It was only um, diluted to some extent by the moon. But I have this little lap on my iPhone that tells me when the International Space Station is tracking overhead. Now, we've had weeks, if not months, of cloudy skies. And I live in a light polluted area in the central belt, so it's neither here nor there. But I happened to switch on the app on Loch Loman side and I noticed that the first night I was on Loch Ern the space station was coming overhead. So I was quite sceptical, but I put the alarm on and fifteen minutes before it was going allegedly to pass overhead, the alarm went beep 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 beep. So I stepped outside. And I checked my iPhone, and to the second this absolutely amazing scene unfolded, well, kidney on, if you think of a little star prick passing over the sky is exciting, that's what it is. But for about 15 seconds, the International Space Station tracked completely in an arc from um, west to east, and visually it's not... um, an amazing sight but if you think about it it's pretty awesome to see that passing over so I was quite chuffed with the iPhone with the app with the astronauts with the whole thing it was pretty amazing and uh, the next day the next day I was in the van uh, beep 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 and I looked at my iPhone and it was coming over again now These events are exciting, but, I mean, you don't want it every day. It's going to become routine. So it was, I can't remember, there was a time difference. So I stepped outside, and sure enough, here was the International Space Station, right on time. Uh, Different uh, trajectory, or it went on a different arc. So two nights in the trot, the International Space Station Station, was uh, tracking over the sky, so... That was quite uh, new to me and quite entertaining. But anyway, I'd like to finish episode two with, yet again, thanking you for taking your time to listen to the entire podcast and just to remind you that if you would like to keep in touch and, ideally, I would like to hear from you, why don't you contribute? Because it would be nice to see where we can take this forward. But here are my contact details. You can contact me at the website, which is www. bonnie tours. You can catch up with me on Twitter, which is at, uh, my handle. is handle I think it's called on Twitter. is at Bonnie tours. But most importantly, if you really want to keep in touch, email me. My email is. Feedback at bonnietours.com And I really hope that you will take that chance to give me some feedback.